What is up, Familia? Dayspring here with an episode of Power of X-Men to give you a review of Megacon that just happened here in Florida, in Orlando specifically. So about three hours away from Miami. I used to go to Orlando all the time growing up here in Miami. We would go to Magic Kingdom, Epcot, MGM Studios. It was called MGM Studios or Hollywood Studios. I'm forgetting what it was called. I, I think it was MGM. We used to call it MGM. There was no Animal Kingdom. But we went to Disney World like at least once every two months. And I'm not being hyperbolic. My parents, I think I've said this before. My parents were were lawyers or my dad's a lawyer and my mom was terrified to fly. So the only places we went to were drivable places and the two spots I went to were Sanibel Island and and Orlando and Disney World. So I love Orlando very much because I'm always going to feel like a kid going there. But one thing I never went to was Megacon in Orlando. And I got to tell you, Familia, I was so excited to bring Jeff, my husband Jeff, to, to Megacon because last year was the first time I went I applied for press. I got accepted. I was like, okay, I'll go to this this con. I forgot what I was doing. I, I think I was, I wasn't driving to New York because I, I came back to Miami, but I think I was in between gigs and I was like, oh, I got the press for this. Might as well just drive up. And I think I just, I came in Friday. I'm trying to remember. I came in Friday and then I left Saturday night. So I spent two days there. And here I did the opposite. We came in Friday, Saturday, and and today Sunday. Um, so I did three days of the con. But last year I did the con. I wasn't expecting much. I was like, ah, oh, I'm not even going to mention to too many people that I'm going. It's not worth it. And by the way, I got to tell you, I got a lot of compliments on our coverage of MegaCon last year. And I think was it Hammy who said this. I think it was Hammy who said this. Was you're like you could tell you really enjoyed the con and that you were very focused there because you didn't really know anyone there. And I have to say, I now when I was kind of doing like a a deep dive onto our coverage, and I was looking at the coverage I did last year, I was like, yeah, right. I was solo the entire time, and so I just went up to people. <laughs> I believe Demanda Martini also said this. Demanda Martini was like, you just go up to people and you're like, what's up, Power of X-Men? And it's, yeah, I mean, that's a version of what I do. I always ask, is it okay? <laughs> hey, I have a podcast. I, to mention someone else's name, I believe Namor Cosplay, who has seen me at quite a few conventions. It's always like, he, he sees me going up to people and I always preface it by saying, hey, I have a podcast. We have an Instagram page. Is it okay if I snag a video, ask you a question, blah, blah, blah. Although, okay, here, here's some tea. There was one person I went up to, and I was like, I'm not going to name who. So it's not some random cosplayer or random con goer, right? This was someone that I went up to, and I was like, hey, I have a podcast. Do you mind if I snag a video of you? Um, just asking you some like really quick questions. And they were like, well, if you have a podcast, then why do you need a video? I was like, ah! <laughs> my face cried. And I was like, oh, it's for like the Instagram page. And this person replied going, well, I don't want to be on video, but I'll do podcast questions. And I'm like, well, 
I've done the on-site interviews and I've posted them on the podcast and it's fine. They do okay, but they're not like as engaging as a content that would live on, on the Instagram page. You know, it's more about the con experience and, you know, at most I'm going to have like five, 10 minutes with you and I'm going to put this as an episode or drop it in. I'm just like, it's not really worth it. Even though I like this person quite a bit and I want them on there. So I was like, no, it's okay. And like, they kind of gave me a, a weird face when I was like, no, I don't want to interview you. I, I just said, I was like, no, I'm just not set up for audio. And I walked away. But, but but I go up to people and I always preface by saying, hey, I have a podcast and it, it could be quite annoying. So let's talk about Megacon this year because I thought Megacon was so much fun. Familia, when I tell you last year, when I came back and I was talking to Jeff, my husband, Jeff, I said, I'm sorry you missed Megacon. This is probably one of the top cons in our country. I, At the time, I said I would rank it below New York Comic Con. Personally, personally, Paul, I thought Megacon is better than San Diego Con. <laughs> San Diego Comic Con. I'm like San Diego Con. San Diego Comic Con. Is great. It's a cultural moment. Every July, there's so many big announcements there. There's hype there. The entire city transforms. That is not a criticism on all it does. I feel that Megacon has the space. It's not as big, but it is certainly spacious. Just as spacious as San Diego. And there is so much to do. And people, they are Diehard fans. Whereas New York, which I love New York. Again, New York is my number one because New York, listen, the first Comic-Con I ever went to was fucking New York Comic-Con back in 2007. I've said this story before. Claire from Heroes, Hayden Patnery. I always say her last name wrong, but Claire from Heroes. And Fat Mama from Stanley's Who Wants to Be a Superhero were standing next to each other. I got to speak with Greg Horn. I got to interview so many people. It was just an experience for me that first time I loved it. And when you go to New York Comic Con, it's just we see our friends there, like Pedro is there, our co-host, Mr. Scott Free, whether it's my family, like Ryan, my brother Ryan, and my brother-in-law, Alan, or my, you know, my everyday New York friends. Um we always have such a fun time at New York Comic Con. So for that, like, I can never, ever rank it below that. But Megacon has so much going for it, so many activations, so many experiences, so many immersive experiences that I told Jeff, I was like, it's ludicrous you didn't come. You would love this con so much. So sure enough, this year we got press again. I did put in for a panel, but it's just, you know, it's a stacked you know, program. I didn't take it too personally. Although there were some panels here that I see, and I'm like, ah, why? Why didn't ours get approved? But it's fine. We put in panels for WonderCon. Let's see how that pans out. However, for MegaCon, you know, we got approved for press, which I love it. You know, I am such a you know, Sean always finds it really curious when I'm like, oh, maybe I'll go if I get press. And so you're like, what? Why? And it's because with with press. You know, you're there with a little bit more of a purpose. And I, I'm a penny pincher. Let's I'm just gonna say familia, I'm a penny pincher. So if I can save on those tickets, I'm I'm there. But you know, we we, we got press and I told Jeff, like, well, just 
come, you know, just hold the camera, you know, make sure that all my devices are charged and let's cover this con for the podcast. It'll be really good because, you know, Scott was in town for for vacation, but quickly had to go back to work on Friday. Sean is across the pond. Michelle, there was talk that Michelle would come, but she didn't. So, you know, I was like, great. I have an extra press pass. Just come on in with me. Tap in with me, Popple. And he agreed. This is an incredible con. And I kind of want to walk you guys through it, give you like my feels, tell you some of the stuff I saw, you know, um, and, and, and dive right into it. So we got to the con on Friday and we immediately parked our car and then we just went, we headed straight into the convention, which is the Orange County Convention Center. And we got in and we were just immediately just like, whoa, like there was just so many cosplayers just like last year. And I first saw a Magneto and a Wolverine. And I was like, let's do this. I'm diving right into this and I'm going to interview them and it's going to be so much fun. And we started walking through the vendors. And we noticed that there was a sign that said the Gundam base, Florida. I was like, what is this? And it was a Gundam pop-up shop. Now, one of the things that I've wanted to do in the last couple of years since Spider-Palm is no longer with us was that I wanted to start building like little Gundams and robots, you know, and these things are cheap. They're like in the 20s, 40s, 50s, 60s in terms of hobbies, not too bad. So we went in and I saw they had an exclusive Hello Kitty Gundam and I asked them for it. It's so lame. I asked them for it and they're like, oh no, we sold out. I was like, ah, curses. I wanted that, that exclusive. But I ended up buying a Gundam. It's a Destiny Gundam RG. I don't know if this means anything to anyone. I am not a Gundam person. I have, I have watched Endless Waltz. I have come in and out of Gundam. I have seen some you know, clips here and there. And I enjoy it, but I love mechas so much. Mechas for me are like my favorite thing ever. Like I'm a big Ray Earth fan. So I love the machines. Um, so I got one and I'm really excited to start building it. And it was really great. But we looked at the time and I thought the X-Men 92 panel was going to be on Saturday at I think 145. And actually, no, it wasn't. It was going to be on Friday and it was already one o'clock, 110. And we were at the Gundam booth and we had to hightail it to where the X-Men 92 panel was. Now, the X-Men 92 panel was going to be hosted by Byron, who is a friend. He's a friend of the podcast. Super, super great guy. Love Byron so much. And he was going to be talking with the X-Men 92 voice actors. They had Storm. They had Jubilee. They had, of course, Rogue friend of the podcast, Lenore Zan, Chris Potter, who is Gambit, Allison Court, obviously, is Jubilee, and Storm, Allison Seeley Smith. So, you know, it, it was already a wonderful lineup. And then, of course, we found out that Catherine Disher, a.k.a. God Queen, a.k.a. Jean Grey, was going to be there. So we were so excited for it. And a screenshot from the San Diego... X-Men 97 has kind of leaked online. I'm sure you've seen it out there. It's Cyclops at the center with Rogue, Bishop, Morph, Storm, Wolverine, Gambit, all behind him. And it's, ooh, it's from that, um, 
that clip that, that I talked to you about that the X-Jet, that someone was explaining to me that the X-Jet explodes. And it's a clip from what we were hearing about in San Diego that the X-Men explodes and Cyclops land, lands on the on the ground and says to me, my X-Men. I, I believe that is a clip. I don't know. I haven't seen it. So it it I was pretty certain when we were sitting down in the audience that we were going to get a trailer for X-Men 97. <laughs> I was so excited. Dan from More Mutants joined us, and I love Dan so much. And he was dressed up as Hellfire Gala Gambit. And then he was here like, hey, you want to see what I got? And he pulled out the original 5-inch Jean Grey on the on the generic Wolverine packaging. And that was the one I got. I never got the 5-inch Jean Grey with like the actual Phoenix art on it. I had the one with the Wolverine that they would use for packaging for years. And I, I had to tell you, I was like in heaven. I had a good friend with us and my husband. We were going to see the voice cast of X-Men. And I was pretty sure we were going to get a trailer. Ooh, I was so excited. There was no trailer. We did not get a trailer. We did not get a hint at a trailer. No one talked anything at all about X-Men 97. And there is a reason why if you check out the interviews we posted with the cast on our Instagram page, why I didn't really ask about X-Men 97 or if they did, they kind of gave like a very blanket generic answer. That's because they're under NDA with that, obviously. You know this. Marvel, they're not allowed to to say anything about X-Men 97. And I think, and again, I don't know this. This is just me speculating. I think it's because not everyone is necessarily returning to their original roles. We do know because it has been confirmed. We have seen footage at San Diego from years ago, but it has been confirmed that Rogue, a.k.a. Lenore Zan, is going to be returning George Buza. Beast. Oh, by the way, George Buza was also at the panel. Beast was there. He's hilarious. We're going to talk about him in a second. And we know George Buza is going to return as Beast and Cal Dodd as Wolverine. So we know those three for sure are returning. You know, there's a lot of rumors out there that Jennifer Hale is going to be voicing Gene, but then we still have Catherine Disher coming onto Comic Con. So, you know, nothing's confirmed. All the actors have to remain kind of tight lipped. We will see how things unfold. But I think while I was at the convention, there was a lot that started leaking. <laughs> there was leaking. Um, and it was, you know, promo art of Gene, Rogue, Cyclops, Sinister, Gambit. We posted them on the Instagram. Very the, the art is beautiful. So we were at the panel and I was like, ooh, I'm so excited. I'm going to live stream this. Now, reception is shoddy there. Reception is so shoddy. But I was like, let me let me live stream it. I guess I had a good signal. I live streamed the whole thing. You all saw it. It was it was uh, well, it was a lot of fun. That the energy in the room was next level. The room was packed. In fact, I did the charm panel at the, today, and it was not as packed as the X-Men 92 panel. I mean, it's insane. Even though I think Charmed was a bigger auditorium, it was kind of like the a theater style seating but not everything was filled up for x-men 92 is very filled up very 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 filled up and so 
I live streamed it and I saw that Bo the Mayo, who is the new showrunner for X-Men 97, was on it. And he DM'd me afterwards and we were talking and I'm never going to get over. I've met him before, obviously, and I've spoken to him before, but I'll never get over that the showrunner for X-Men 97 engages with the power of X-Men community. It's just such a wild honor. And he is such a big fan of the x-men he's also a big fan of james bond and he's from florida so i have a lot of pride i like bond too i think i've said this before i have a bond piece that i bought by this artist in soho called james frame and i i got this piece and i love it so much it's a roger moore bond not necessarily my favorite bond but i like the look and it's moonraker and i love him in a suit while wearing a space suit so mm. so anyways Oh, the bio is on there. I'm just so excited, so happy talking. I will tell you, I think the panel, what carried the panel was the chemistry and the charisma of everyone who was participating in it. Catherine Disher hearing her speak. Girl can talk, and I love it. In fact, at one moment, and you can check the live stream, Chris Potter, who is Gambit, jokingly says, Catherine, you need to shut up. And because they're old friends, Catherine's like, what? Am I rambling? I mean, I cannot believe Gambit dared to say that to our God Queen. So, you know, it, the chemistry on stage was really great. Chris Potter, you know, he said something that was really interesting himself, that it was cool to sort of be recognized and be a celebrity for like a week. But after that, you know, he's kind of like, I, you know, I just want to act, you know, I'm not on social media, not no, no, no disrespect to anyone who's on social media. It's just there are people on social media and they're not. And I believe then George Buzo was next to him. And George Buzo, apparently the joke that Byron was making was like, oh, if you have any edibles or gummies, give them to George, <laughs> which is, which is really, really funny. And it was kind of like a little joke there. So again, check out the video and Allison Court was was very lovely as well. We got to snag some content with her on the podcast. I mean, we got we got all of them. And so it's it's right there on our Instagram page. But she was just very lovely. And Allison Seely Smith, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you, I think Allison Seely Smith, who is Storm, has had such a very amazing career and she's finally coming out and talking about X-Men 92. It's probably because X-Men 97 is on its way. Now I got the impression that she has just had so much going on in her career that she's here like what people really care about this series. And that's something we've always talked about. You know, that's something that they've always talked about, especially Lenore has said it. They had no idea how popular the X-Men animated show was until they started going to conventions and started meeting the fans and all that stuff. I can't remember who told us if it was Lenore, the Leewalds, or if it was in the Leewalds book. But there was like they would be recording in one room and then in another room there would be like piles of fan mail and they never got to see it. So it is very mind boggling that the popularity of the show hasn't really been realized until recently. But Allison really just came across as such a perfect Shakespearean actor. You you can tell that. And when we had Zenobia on on the podcast she talked about having to make sure that she had her shakespeare monologue when she was auditioning so you can tell it's just that class that caliber of actors like you feel you're in the presence of someone who is truly talented and that is why storm in the series landed so well because she was fantastic as storm 
And of course, we had Lenore, who Lenore for me is always going to represent strength and courage. And she is just, a, she was born to be a star. She looked great. She has a, a shorter haircut, which, you know, if you saw us at LA Comic Con, she had that haircut and it looks so nice and her skin looked immaculate. And, you know, when I was talking about it with some people afterwards, I can, you know, Catherine Disher is like very like your, you know, your fun, naughty aunt, right? Making all like fun jokes. Like Catherine Disher is like, yes, I saw the clips of Jean online going, oh, or fainting. I was like, okay. You know, she didn't really speak with that raspy voice. But, you know, you see Chris Potter, who is like kind of like the anti-Gambit. I mean, he's cool and everything, but he's just like, I don't care for fame, you know, blah, blah, blah. And George Buza, who's just this guy who wants to get high <laughs> with, edible, with, 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 with edibles. Rogue, Lenore is very much Rogue. You can just hear it in her voice. Like, there's no change in, in Lenore's voice. Like, Rogue is Lenore and Lenore's Rogue. So, Nothing but great things there. Byron was a fantastic moderator. The only thing I'm going to say about the panel was that, again, it was fun to see everyone interact in their chemistry, but there wasn't much on the panel that you can like sort of talk about or source information of. And, you know, it's on there on our Power of X-Men Instagram page. I don't know why it's not saying you can see the views for it. Something happened. I didn't update Instagram when I did the live. But, you know, it's up there. Go check it out. It's fun to watch. So we did that. We wanted to stay for the Alyssa Milano panel, which we would have happily have stayed in the room, but they made us exit, right? They had to reset the room. So we were going to have to exit to go back in. And I was like, I just can't wait in another line. Because when we got there, we waited in the line to get into the Gundam um, immersive, the Gundam pop-up. And then we waited when we went upstairs, we had to wait in line to get into the X-Men 92 panel. So the idea of having to wait for who's the boss panel. And I know this is going to sound so, this is what I'm looking for, naive. But I was like, okay, they're going to be talking about who's the boss. They're not going to be talking about Charmed, which as many of you know, I'm a huge, huge Charmed fan. But of course, they were going to talk about Charmed. And of course, Alyssa would address everything that happened with Shannon Doherty. Because on Shannon Doherty's podcast, she was talking about all of the onset tension and what happened during Charmed and how Shannon Doherty was fired. Because according to you know the episode, Alyssa Milano had gone to a corporate mediator and had everything documented and the network, Aaron Spelling, all the producers who worked on the show, whoever were afraid that they would get sued by Alyssa if Shannon wasn't fired. I, you know, it's go listen to Shannon Doherty's episode for the, all the details on it. It's called let's be clear with Shannon Doherty. And it's the first and second parter with Holly Marie Combs, who of course played, played Piper. So I I would have loved to have stayed, believe me I would have loved to have stayed there and recorded it but I just did not have the mental strength to want to wait outside and again because I'm a naive con goer in my 40s still I'm like no one's going to ask her about charm this is about who's a boss of course it was going to be about charm so we we went out onto the comp floor afterwards, and Dan from More Mutants had to work um, a booth, the bombshell booth. And so then we just started going around and talking to people. 
And, you know, we saw a lot of cosplayers that we had seen last year. One of them is a guy named Dominic, who I like so much. He did Rogue and Gambit this year. We're going to get him on the podcast. He is such a wonderful, wonderful human being. I literally just, I got so happy when I got to see him. Just like with Dan from More Mutants. Dan just puts like the biggest smile on my face. I love him and Tori so much. They are just a very fun podcasts, streamers. They are so wonderful. Familia, drop what you're doing. Don't even listen to this. Just go see it. And I wanted Dan for this episode so we can sit down and sort of break down Megacon. But because life never ends after the charm panel this morning, we got uh, notifications that there's bad weather in LA. And so we had to rush back to Miami to see if we can make um, our flights work. But there's this other guy who cosplays as Xavier in the hover chair. His name is Anthony. Love him so much. And it was it was such a pleasure to like hang out with him. But I got to tell you, I was walking the con floor. And I saw this really tall guy cosplayed as, as Peter Pan. I'm like, oh my God, I know that person. And it was Nate Weir. And listen, I pride myself on not being too much of a fanboy, to be honest with you. I'm not saying that I don't fanboy out, but I try to maintain my cool. Seeing Nathan Weir, IRL, I was like, oh my God. Okay, and for those of you who don't know who Nathan Weir is, he is just a cosplayer and like fitness Instagrammer, digital media creator, whatever moniker you want to sign him. He's on TikTok. He's on Instagram. And during the pandemic, I had sort of discovered his his Instagram. I think I went to his TikTok as well. I'm not really on TikTok, but when I was curious about what TikTok is, I downloaded the app. I may still have the app for just news purposes. But I followed along with his, you know, storytelling, which was that he used to at one point not feel very proud of his body and he went on this fitness journey. It's very clear. I've been very public about this. I suffer from anorexia. I have a really bad eating disorder. I have horrible body dysmorphia. I I cannot look in the mirror some months. You know, I'm just like, I don't even want to look in the mirror. But I saw him and it was one of those things where I just realized it, it, it's this weird blur because it's I, I, by no means in any significant interaction with him on Instagram, but we have sort of exchanged a, a text or two in the past and I watch his videos and it's one of those things where you feel like you know this person, right? And it's so strange and, and he did know I don't want to say he knew me because I think he was more than anything being polite, but he knew power of X-Men. And it, it was one of those things that like, you're just like, kind of like in awe and starstruck. And I try, I'm trying to think of the psychology behind it. You know what I mean? Because you're like, I feel like I know, like I, you, you got me through lockdown, like hearing about your struggles with, you know, body acceptance that really resonated with me at a time when the world was going to shit. So thank you so much. Um, so I fanboyed out on on Peter Pan there. <laughs> and, you know, of course, I asked him a couple of questions. He was with this cosplayer called Christian, who is a Wolverine cosplayer that we had met at New York Comic Con. And because I was so starstruck 
I'm so embarrassed by this, but because I was so starstruck by by Nate, I was like, Chris, I didn't reckon, I didn't really, it did not set in for Christian. You know what I mean? So I feel like, you know, I felt like one of those screaming fan people. <laughs> you know, but it was worth it. We got a we we got a photo together. And if you notice with like my with my con coverage, I I'll do a selfie if I think it's appropriate, but I largely always want it to be other. I, I want it to be the con, or if I do a full body, it's because it's an activation or a cosplayer, you know that that I've I've met you know before, and I just want something for memories, and I'll dual purpose it. Um, but with for Nate, I was like, I want a full body picture right here we're posting that and it was it, it, it was a moment i feel my husband looked at me afterwards and was like you do realize you just like a fanboyed out and i'm like oh just not the vibe we want here you know just not the vibe but anyways so then we met up with nate another nate not nate weir but nate turtle Doc Nate, who we love very, very, very much. I mean, Nate lives in Tallahassee. He was in Orlando. He was in Jacksonville. He's hosted the Hellfire Gala Walk for our IRL God Queen, Michelle Waffle-Dettel and Jordan. He is a cosplay photographer. I think I've said this before that April was not necessarily the best time in my life this last april i was i think i had a nervous breakdown <laughs> i don't think i've really spoken about this publicly but this trip that we did in april right before the second part of my auction season so my auction seasons are kind of divided between february and march and then april may and june so my second part april may and june was going to be really intense we were going to my brother's um, engagement. We were going to surprise him. And we were with my family. And my family was just horrific on that trip. And I just wanted to celebrate my little brother getting engaged in Pensacola. It was a horrible trip. I had literally a melt. I was frazzled. Like I, I was probably just completely mentally obliterated. And I had to go back to New York, so we were driving from Pensacola, and we decided, Jeff and I, my husband Jeff and I decided the best airport to fly out of would be Jacksonville. So Because they can drop me off at Jacksonville and then just take the highway down to, to Miami. So they dropped me off at Jacksonville. This is all last year, last April. And I was like, hey, Nate... I'm going to call him Turtle Nate so we don't get confused with Nate Weir. But hey, Nate, Turtle Nate... I'm going to be in Jacksonville. Do you want to hang out? I My flight isn't until like 10 o'clock. I forgot what time my flight was at. And we did. He came, he picked me up, and we had such a wonderful afternoon. He took me to some comic book stores. We went and got like Megaritas. Shocker, I wanted to drink. We got some Megaritas at like Chili's, I believe. And we just had like a wonderful, beautiful talk. And it was a really healing um, moment for me because it was a reminder that there are people out there who have my best interests at heart. I mean, my husband, of course, has my best interests at heart and so many other people. But like in that situation that weekend where it was so intense, it was nice to see that someone I was meeting for the first time could be very attentive and listen. And then, of course, I went to New York and I just kept getting booked back and back for gigs. And I was able to stay at Pedro, Minimated's place. And Pedro did not even ask any 
questions whatsoever. He just kept telling me to stay longer, stay long. Why are you going to go to DC just to go back to Miami to come back to New York? Just go to DC and come back and stay at my place. So when I tell you, when I think of Turtle Nate and Pedro, that they saved my life. I'm not being hyperbolic. That is something that's so true. And speaking of Pedro, I really wish Pedro had been there. And that's why we, that's why, again, New York Comic Con ranks so high for us because Pedro is there. Sean is there. Scott is there. And we, and we have that sense of, of community that's incredible. And that's what Jeff and I were talking about, how, of why we love New York Comic Con so much. But anyways, so... And this is a long-winded way of saying, one, thank you to Pedro and Nate. Two, I was very excited to see Nate and seeing him in action as a photographer. And then we met some other people that I hadn't met before. Richard, who is a beast cosplayer. He was one who like got me in a headlock. And he engages with the podcast. And he looked so good. And we met Nick as well, who does Nightcrawler. And he was a miracle man, and he did Howard the Duck for the weekend. It was just such a pleasure to get to know them. We ended up going to this comic book bar speakeasy that night called Vault. There's some numbers after there. I posted a video of it on our Instagram. But it was at a comic book store called Gods and Monsters. You go into the back, and there is an entrance to a speakeasy. And it was just incredible. I mean, it was very Stranger Things-themed. So the next day, we hit the con floor. We talked to some cons. We go to the Unknown Comics booth. And Unknown Comics, again, brought in George Busa, Allison Court, Allison Seedley-Smith, Lenore Zan, Chris Potter, and Catherine Disher. We had the best time talking to everyone. I Artist Alley was a little hard to sort of navigate. So the predominantly, the, the place we got most coverage of talent was at the unknown comics booth and familia if you guys have been to a con with unknown comics i can only think of the cons that i've been to which has been megacon and i want to say new york comic con and san diego comic con where they have like a huge presence their booth is just jaw-dropping it is so beautiful and they kicked it up to the next level with having all of the X-Men voice actors there, all of them being, you know, who I just said, and then having the David Nakayama covers that he has done, that David has done for him in the backdrop lit up and the, the actors sitting right in front of it. It is beautiful. It is a sight to behold. You can see it on our Instagram. You can see it on Unknown Comics Instagram as well. Gorgeous, gorgeous gorgeous display cannot say enough nice things about unknown comics because it was such a wonderful way of navigating the con and being able to talk to talent and it was sort of like an epicenter but artist alley was a little was a little difficult to to sort of get through it felt a little tighter i i, I don't know if it's because this is a different um part of the con convention space than it was last year i wanted to see mark silvestri and bridget silvestri because one, I love Mark Silvestri's art so much, but Bridget, who is Mark Silvestri's wife, she is always at the con. She's always supporting him and his endeavors, but she is also involved with a lot of animal rights organizations, animal welfare organizations, and they had two Pomeranians who, who passed, and Bridget has been very vocal 
years later after they pass, how how painful it is. So I I I have DM Bridget being like, hey Bridget, I I'm sort of you know still going through the 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 trenches of grief, and I know you with two Pomeranians, you know, have gone through that as well. So I went to see them, but every time I swung by the booth, I couldn't find them. I saw Jason Aaron. I went up to Jason Aaron and I said, hey, Jason Aaron, do you remember this random issue of Wolverine you wrote like 12 years ago where they go into Wolverine's soul and Nightcrawler's with them and they're like, the only way we can say Wolverine is by the fires of resurrection. And we find out that it's Gene as White Phoenix within Logan and then Emma, who's also in Wolverine's soul, mind, whatever. It's like, that's not Gene. It's too perfect to be Gene. It's just a memory of Gene. But in, in the end, she's able to expel everyone from Wolverine's soul and emma's like scott she kicked us out and i was like "Ooh!" like and obviously when scott was about to like put down wolverine in that scene right before cyclops is going to blast wolverine wolverine screams out gene and scott stops and goes no i'm not going to do anything because he said gene and of course this is at a time when gene was dead so i tried to ask him about that he didn't have a lot of memory for that for that that particular scene so i just asked him a general x-men question and that is also on the instagram page but it's all to say that it was it, a lot of people were very approachable you could go up and you can talk to them it was nice it, it, megacon is just full of so many people so many friends maybe some people you're not exactly on the best terms with you're gonna run into but the vibe of the convention is just so contagious and energetic that even if you have a very difficult relationship with some people, you can look at each other and do a little gag. And for those of you who know, you know, and you know who I'm talking about, we won't name names, but I think it's pretty clear if I've butted heads with people in the past who I've butted heads with. And you know, we, we sort of had a little cute moment and then we've been talking on DM. So maybe maybe Megacon saves relationships and friendships. Let's see how all that plays out. But that, again, is to say that there is so much beauty in this con. There's so much fun. There's a Star Wars land. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. I Star Wars stands don't come at me because I, as much as I do like Star Wars and I do follow the Star Wars news and universe in broad strokes, not obsessively, but in broad strokes. I was so happy when we went to ooh, a section of the con floor that was decked out as a town in Star Wars. They had blue milk on display. There were stormtroopers. There were characters. There was lightsaber training. There was someone over the announcement going like, the Republic is the best in the universe. There's nothing bad to say about the Republic. It's it truly was just so much fun. And I turned to Jeff at one point and Jeff had the biggest smile on his face while we were walking through it. It, it truly was impressive. Um, they had statues like life-size statues of Wolverine, Colossus, the thing, and Captain America. Oh my god, Familia. That was like incredible to see. Loved it. So many cosplayers. So last night we were kind of burnt. We went to Disney Springs. And that was a lot of fun. But uh, we had an overdriver who who was a very intense personality. We'll leave it at that. So we got to Disney Springs. We walked around. We were burnt. We went back to the hotel and we just slept. That's the extent of what we did last night. 
this morning we woke up, went straight to the Charn panel. It was a fun panel. Of course, Shannon Doherty addressed everything that was happening with Alyssa Milano. Because, you know, Shen Doherty, as I mentioned, had had talked about what happened on, on for her on the set of Charmed and why she left the show because she was fired. And then Alyssa addressed it. So then Shando, Shannon addresses her statement at this panel saying that, you know, people are going to say that dr- they're that this is drama, but their drama is my trauma. And this is not revisionist history. I'm talking about this objectively as if I was there. And so again, so much charm drama. I loved it. But, you know, we saw that. And then we started walking around the con floor. I wanted an SH figure arts Spider-Man 2099. Couldn't find it. There was Ken the Eagle, this like storm Ken the Eagle figure that I wanted. But, oh man, it was $110. And I was like, $110 and we're still renovating, you know, the Miami place. We still don't have the New York place set up. So the idea of bringing something back that I'm just going to keep in a box and spend $110, I'd rather spend that on a nice glass of a nice bottle of wine. But then everything we're supposed to leave to LA, so then we had to come run, driving back and and here we are. Here we are talking about Megacon Familia and we're driving over here. I asked Jeff like how would you rank Megacon and Yesterday, Jeff would say it was like a close second to San Diego. But the official ranking with Jeff is New York, San Diego, Megacon in terms of con experiences. Top three. So I said, okay, that's fair. I think when you think of like major massive cons, you think of New York, San Diego, and now Megacon. That's how I would like a big triangle throughout the country. I think that con is that big. I think that con can hold its own against New York and San Diego. What New York and San Diego have for it are major announcements and maybe more corporate, mainstream Hollywood presence. That that part is true. I'm not going to absolve it. But in terms of experience, activations, guests, panelists, you're you're definitely you're definitely going to be okay if you go to MegaCon, and you know I think Charmed and the X Men were the only panels I went to. There was a Wolverine 50th anniversary panel. There was a X23 Laura Wolverine 20th anniversary panel. That's why I couldn't make it to those sadly because we were just on the other end of the convention. It's a lot of fun. I will say last year, I remember it being more crowded, but I would say that the space this year was a little bigger. So take that how you will. We stayed at the Hyatt, which, you know, I think we ended up paying something like $290 a night for. And I'm just putting it out there because I thought that was pretty reasonable when you think it's attached to the convention center and you can just walk on over and, you know, for us, it's just as easy as that. Um, I don't think that was a bad price at all for, for the weekend. I thought that was actually pretty, pretty decent considering it's Orlando and you have this accessibility to Disney World, downtown Disney, and a con. I, th- I thought that was pretty fairly priced. I'm sure it's cheaper other other days of the year, but that I think we got kind of like the peak. And it's a nice hotel. It's a really, really nice hotel. But yeah, anyways, Familia, that is our experience with Megacon. Again, another great year at Megacon. I enjoyed it very much. I think it's grown a lot. I think last year, you know, it was nice to have the Fall of X panel there. That was really nice to get that major announcement from Marvel. I really didn't see much of a Marvel presence 
this year with the exception of like the X-Men 92 and the voice actors at Unknown Comics booth. But, you know, in terms of Marvel proper, they kind of laid low on this or it's no major announcements. But Familia, go check out MegaCon. It is a great con. I assure you, you will enjoy it. You can make a weekend out of it. You can go to Disney. Get in on a Wednesday or a Thursday. Go to Disney. Go to Magic Kingdom. Go to Epcot. Whatever you want. And then spend the weekend going to the con. I think you enjoy it quite a bit. Anyways, Familia, that is our feels on MegaCon. So many great humans that we got to see, run into, even people from last year. Uh, it was just such a pleasure. I have to tell you that it was such a wonderful, wonderful vibe. MegaCon in Orlando. Check out the dates for next year. Familia, we'll see you later.